life was like a box of chocolates. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. What am I gonna do with a gun rack? Who the fuck do you think you're talking to? You're tuned in to the Honey Wagon Podcast, a weekly dose of unfiltered rants and reviews on the latest Hollywood flicks and timeless classics. Here are your hosts, Andy, Rich, and Lou. You're listening to Take 15 of the Honey Wagon Podcast. Yee-hoo! Hello. How's it going? Happy isolating. Yes, happy distance socializing. <laughs> we are recording this podcast from our homes remotely, practicing social distancing mm. as you should as well. We if hope you are. At home. Yeah, we hope you're home, staying safe, washing your hands. Um, there's actually, uh, I do want to mention a couple of cool things uh, before I get uh, the show started. Because you're probably trying to find things, find ways to kill the time. And so a lot of cool things are happening online, uh, movie-wise. So uh, Cineplex.com, their online store, store store.cineplex.com, they're actually offering a lot of recent movies, movies that we've covered on the podcast. For uh, for rental, four ninety nine oh. Canadian dollars. So I'm talking about mo- again movies we reviewed: Birds of Prey, 1917, The Gentleman, Just Mercy, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, Invisible Man, Parasite, Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> don't do it to what Star Wars? Yeah, Star Wars. Don't, don't. Yeah, oh. they have the whole Star Wars new collection or whatever. I thought this was really cool. And then they also have uh, so they have a bunch of other movies. And then they also have like movies under four dollars, which includes movies like City of God, which mm-hmm. we also reviewed, and Catch oh. Me If You Can. Pretty cool stuff, right? Yeah. TIFF, also known as the Toronto International Film Festival, they do programming all year. Of course, they had to shut their doors in Toronto, but uh, they are doing um, kind of like a watch along thing. Every Thursday night, they uh, play a movie, and then they have an actor from the movie do a Q and A before the movie starts. Very cool. So. This Thursday is going to be The Breakfast Club with Emilio Estevez. Starts oh. at 7. Yeah, so at 7, you catch the Q&A on TIFF's Instagram page, which is at TIFF underscore net. Then at 7.30, you can watch the movie on Crave, which is kind of like uh, a Netflix version, but it's Canadian. Top which is 10. really cool. It's in my top yeah. 10, Breakfast Club. Really? Wow. Yeah. Interesting. It's, like it's, it's, a, it's a good movie. Greatest teen movie of all time. Ooh. Hands down. Uh, it's definitely Actually, a no. conversation. Yeah, you're right. So I was thinking of TV shows for a second. But yeah, no. What about Goonies? Mm, Breakfast Club is greater than the Goonies. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. With As a teen movie? No, I know. Teen movies? They're younger, too. Yeah, they're kind of teens. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Greatest teen movie of all time, Breakfast Club. Movie. But do you guys not think the actors, like, you know, Emilio Estevez, Judd Nelson, and the rest of them, are they not tired of talking about this movie, though? Do you not think? I mean, uh, we're going on 30, 40 Years. Uh, 35 years. I think 35. this year's 35. There you well, go. Outside of yeah. Emilio, nobody else really did anything. Yeah. Like, like, Molly Ringwald had oh, two, like, knockout two other movies, movies yeah. and then... Ali Sheedy was in um, uh, Look Who's Talking. You, not Look Who's Talking, who, Johnny Five. Talking? Who, the goth girl? No, uh, yeah, she was in uh, the Quiet robot movie. With a a robot Gutenberg. movie? Steve Gutenberg, uh, the Johnny Five. Yeah, yeah. so... Next oh, <laughs> you guys... <laughs> 
Our listeners will know what I'm talking about. Short circuit. Short circuit. She was in a movie with Steve Gooden. That only Richard watched. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So uh, back to Tiff underscore net on their Instagram page. Uh, Next week, Rich, you're going to want to check this out. Because they're doing, on April 18th at 7 p.m., they're doing a Q&A with Himesh Patel, who is the star of Yesterday, which was that oh, movie directed right. by Danny Boyle. Then at 7.30, you can catch the movie on Craig. So it's really cool. cool. So, yeah, ch- check out those, uh, again, Cineplex, uh, their online store, and then uh, Tiff underscore net on Instagram. Have you guys watched right. Yesterday? Oh, yes. yeah. Remember we, yeah, talked, we talked about, about it, and we were like, meh. Okay. He did a good job. He's a good singer. And the, and the concept of, of the story is interesting, but then it just, for obviously an unrealistic fictional yeah. tale, it just became too unrealistic. Yeah. I, I want to throw as many frozen spinach bars at, at Ed Sheeran's face as possible. Oh, my goodness. Mm. I did before, and I just want to up that. I always wanted to throw oh, frozen spinach right. at his face. And that movie, after watching it. that movie, it... Upped it. Oh, I see. Nice agree. I I must say I I I was able to find a lot of flaws in that movie just through dialogue and and the storyline. So you because, wouldn't recommend it? Uh, you know what? It's a cutesy movie. I think I've mentioned this before. It's like a rainy day or yeah, Thursday night. You got nothing to do. It's if, true. Who has anything to do with it right now? Go watch it. Yeah, watch it on Craig when they. But you didn't have to exactly. make the effort to watch it. Then watch it. Yeah, might as well watch you know it when what? they present it. Yeah. It's not like the best movie, but it's it's a it's a cute fun movie. I think that's the best way to describe sure. it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I think you'll it. like the Richard though. Like I said, it's a light yeah. movie. Don't go in with high expectations, just kinda watch it. Okay. Anyway. Okay, so for today's show, we've got a lot of things happening. Our feature presentation is Netflix's Coffee and Kareem, which just came out uh, I believe it was a few weeks ago actually. April 3rd. Our fl- April 3rd? That's when it came out, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So that was like last week. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't even know what day it is, guys. <laughs> um, I don't even know how long we've been recording from home. It's been so long. All right. So our flashback feature is the Rocky Horror Picture Show from 1975. I can't wait to hear what Richard has to say about that. <laughs> For a subplot discussion, Kubrick versus Spielberg. Well, Monty Python's Terry Gilliam weighs in on who is the better filmmaker. And then we're also going to ask ourselves this question, which is very hard. I don't know if I can have an And answer. we'll probably ask you guys this question as well. Yeah. Um, we're also going to be talking about AMC theaters because there's a chance that they might not survive post-COVID-19 pandemic, which is really sad. So we're kind of thinking, well, if a big theater like AMC might not make it, how will independent theaters make it? Yeah. So we'll talk a bit about that later on. But before we do, I want to get into some Instagram polls. Uh, we asked a lot of questions last week. Um, one of our flashback fe- or our flashback feature was uh, 2011's Drive. So good. It was an audience recommendation from Giovanni. Shoutouts to him. Shout Thank you for Giovanni. tuning in. Um, he recommended it because there's a lot of debate. He remembers there was a lot of debate about, you know, some people like it, some people don't. So we put the question out there. We just straight up said, your thoughts on 2011's drive? 71% said it was overrated. 29% said underrated. Oh, it's horrible. Bing, bang, bang. Yeah. Very disappointing. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> All right. And then one of the other fun questions we put out there was, do you think the lack of dialogue and drive took away from the story? 53% of people said yes. Oh, crazy. The rest said no. Yes. Uh, funny thing is, a little fact about that movie is that 
there was more dialogue for Carrie Mulligan and Ryan Gosling, but they chose not to say most of the lines. Sons of bitches. Which Smart caused people. Brian Cranston to add in more dialogue. Like, he ad-libbed a lot. Brian Cranston. What did I say? Cranstein? Cranstein. Oh, my gosh. He keeps saying Cranstein. That's his cousin. Um, Brian Cranston, he just, he made up most of the uh, the lines on the spot, which made his character a motor mouth because he felt like there was not enough dialogue. But it made, Which is really funny. it made sense to me in terms of the dynamic between him and the driver, yeah. because he's so quiet that this guy wants to fill the empty spaces by talking so excessively, you know? So yeah. it worked. Like It got, definitely works. It did. Disappointed in those poll results, though, I'll tell you. Next poll question. What did you think of the all-female cast in Amazon's Blow the Man Down? Mm-hmm. 83% said they didn't even notice it. 17% said they needed more contrast. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Another question was, were you sad? Satisfied with the ending of Blow the Man Down. Mm-hmm. 100% of people said, nope, it wrapped up too quick, which all three of us here have agreed. Yes. My last question, do you think Blow the Man Down would have worked better as a TV series? Lou, you mentioned this. This is true. On the Good show idea. last week. Great idea. 92% of people agreed with you. One of our listeners, the great Jeremiah, mm-hmm. he agreed with that fact, and he also agreed how sometimes it was a little silly the way that singing kind of sequences would just cut, cut in yeah. and the guy's face would be yeah. superimposed. It was like some type of music video popped out of nowhere. Yeah. Like the music was very nice. Yeah. It was just handled really randomly. It was a bit bit low budget and random. Mm-hmm. It's a great story, Rich, and you, you praised it for the story. Yeah, it was no, great. the story was great. I just, again, it, it's exactly like what yeah. you said, Andy. They needed another half an hour. Yeah. That's it. It would have been solved in half an hour. All right. Something we've been doing the past few weeks, and we're going to continue to do it um, while we're staying home in isolation. So we're going to be promoting some local businesses uh, that we really like uh, in our city of Toronto. And we encourage you listening at home to write to us and let us know what your favorite local businesses are. You can reach us on Twitter at HoneyWagonPod or Instagram at the Honeywagon Podcast or you can DM us and let us know uh, what local business you want to promote. And it could be anywhere in the world. You could be in the UK, US, Canada. We don't care. Just let us know and we'll promote it. All right, Lou, you have the first restaurant. Yes. So a a phenomenal uh, taco place, uh, Mexican restaurant uh, at St. Clair called Itacate. This past Tuesday, uh, they helped Torontonians with uh, ongoing efforts against COVID-19 by providing free meals to any family na- family neighbors, um, healthcare workers, or those who have recently ro- lost their jobs. Uh, and just generally, um, you know, I love places that are such core spots in a neighborhood, and they really embrace that, and they, they know the importance of supporting everyone and the importance of supporting communities during a time like this. So right now their hours of operation are four to nine Uh, deliveries have a $5 charge uh, and call ahead to confirm uh, the delivery area. And yet they're doing takeout as well. Uh, So they're at 998 St. Clair Avenue West. That is 998 St. Clair Avenue West. And you can find more information on Instagram um, uh, at Itacate, so that's I-T-A-C-A-T-E underscore T-O. And you can also type that into Google and find more information to support a cornerstone neighborhood spot in St. Clair and just a phenomenal uh, 
Taqueria uh, yeah. in Toronto. So definitely support your local businesses at this time. We'll continue with, throughout the show, more local businesses that we want to support. But right now, let's get into our feature presentation. Yes. Earlier this month, Netflix released a new movie called Coffee and Kareem. It stars Ed Helm, uh, Taraji P. Henson, and it debuts a new actor, young actor named Terrence Little Garden High. <laughs> so bad for the kid to have a middle name that's Little. It's really good. Yeah, it's kind of cute. It's kind of cool. It is a cute name, but when he grows up, he's going to get teased. Oh, well, how many? I don't know. He's probably getting teased right now. His middle name. Uh, he's starring in a Netflix movie. I doubt he's getting teased. That's true. <laughs> if, he, if he's anything like his character in the movie, he's not getting teased by anybody. Yeah. <laughs> this movie, uh, so it is a comedic film. Ed Helm, you might remember him from The Office, Andy. of course. Uh, he played Andy, and he's been in, um, was he in Horrible Bosses? No, no. The, uh, Hangover. Hangover. Hangover, yes. Hangover. Um, so he's a pretty pretty big comedic actor. All right, uh, before we move on, Richard, give us a synopsis. Okay. And, and also Roger P. Henson in Empire. Right. Yes. Yes, yeah. correct. So uh, this movie is about uh, this 12-year-old kid. His name is Kareem, and he discovers that this officer by the name of Officer Coffee is dating his mother, who is Vanessa, and he does not like this. And this is a comedy, um, so a lot of crazy shit happens, but he tries to set this cop up to get hurt by these criminals, and then everything goes sideways, and they're on the run, and they become fugitives themselves, Coffee and Kareem, and mm-hmm. it's just a lot of hilarity ensues. And uh, that's pretty much it. (laughs) All right, let's take a moment to uh, hear a clip from that trailer. Kareem needs to go by a friend's house after school. And he asked that you pick him up. When my mom dated this one guy, we became BFFs. You were BFFs with a grown-ass man? There's literally documentaries on Netflix about why that's so sick and fucked up. I think that's a difference. You expect us to be BF? Fuck out of my face, man. Uh, good talk. All right, guys, so one of the first things... I thought of when watching this film was this is one of those movies that I want to watch in the theaters. And I feel like, yeah, it was just one of those experiences that I missed because um, I feel like I would have enjoyed it more and laughed more with the crowd of people as opposed to in my home. Right. Uh, did you guys feel that way? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 The pops in the theater for sure. Yeah. But, uh, I, I like this movie a lot. He did. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was silly. I thought it was fun. It was it was a little sloppy at times, but it was pretty good. I like I thought Ed Helms was funny. Uh, uh, Hansen was yeah. funny too. The kid was hilarious. He, he, maybe he had I don't know. Maybe he, like overdid it at times. I found yeah. him to be a little obnoxious. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, and I'm not even saying like the severity of his jokes or anything like that. But it just sometimes it was just like. Like I get it. Like it was just like too much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I thought I love the uh, like the um, the other kind of criminal characters. Oh, they yeah, were they were so good. funny. Yeah, they weren't your Orlando typical dumb criminal characters too. They gave them a lot of good dialogue. You surprised yeah, me. Yeah, they, yeah. they're pretty layered. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is they want to be a dentist? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, just the, yeah, the the criminals were probably my favorite. I found that Ed Helms didn't have enough. And I know he was kind of more the straight character in this one, whereas the kid held more of the like the punchlines or yeah. whatever. But I just wanted more from Ed Helms. I really wanted to laugh from him, but I never really had that moment yeah. in this movie. Yeah. I thought it was good. I do like the the scene where he's uh, – it's 
Yeah, okay. So, we'll do so a little spoiler. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. spoiler, spoiler. Uh, when he's interrogating uh, Orlando, and <laughs> instead of, like, scaring him, like, oh, I'm going to, you know, rape you or something. Like yeah, that. It's yeah. like, I'm going to take you out to dinner and yeah, some dudes. Yeah, I'm going to propose to you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, no, it was funny. It, it, it was, I wanted to like it more than I did, but mm-hmm. um, it was funny i actually did laugh at yeah quite a few times actually throughout this movie and david allen yeah. greer was a uh, he was good for the limited role that he had he was pretty funny in it as well and oh my god i can't remember the the actress from um, uh, betty, Glow. Gil- betty gilpin, betty, uh, gilpin. Betty gilpin yeah. yeah she was good too yeah so betty gilpin i've seen a couple of her stuff um one of them was, oh, crap, I can't remember what the movie was. Uh, she played the girlfriend in some movie, kind of a mo- like a movie like this. It was a comedic film. And then I've seen her in that mo- in a Glow and then this movie. She plays the same character. Mm. She's just, and, and, you know, not to be mean, she plays the bitch character. She's always the bitch. Okay. The mean bitch. And right. it's like, come on, man. I want a little bit more. Uh, she's in The Hunt right now. Yeah, I'd like yeah. to see her in that role. Because I think I think it's a little different. You really want to see this hunt movie, don't you? No, I don't. I don't. I actually don't. I have no desire. Actually, no desire to watch this movie. It looked bad when I watched the trailers, but it it surprised me. It was so much better. This coffee and cream movie is almost in the realm of like I don't want to say super bad, but that kind of style, you know, where it's like really wacky. Uh, there's always like yeah, like there's um what really kind of shocked me in this movie was that like it had a climax part, but right when you think, okay, everything's resolved. The movie's about to be finished. Um, they added in one more thing, one more thing. So like about two times I got surprised. I thought the movie was going to end earlier, but it mm-hmm. didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Going with it. And it's sitting at 22% for Rotten Tomatoes, which I actually think is low actually for this movie. 22%. 22% like, on Rotten Tomatoes out of wow. 100. Like, yeah. But for IMDb, they have it at 5.1 out of 10, which I think is more fair. I think mm-hmm. it would be more about a, like, it's not as bad as 22%. It's not like a 70% movie. But if you want something light that you don't have to think about and just have fun, this is a good movie to watch. Yeah. Not for kids, though. Yeah. It's not for kids. Not for kids. No, not at all. It's not for Good kids. Friday night movie. If you want to, like, I don't know, order some pizzas, have some beer, and turn your maybe brain a, off. Maybe a left-handed cigarette. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty blue. The humor. Yeah. But it's it's pretty it's pretty funny at some yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. It surprised yeah, me. Yeah. yeah. All right. So should we uh, should we rate it? Sure. Yeah. All right. What do we gonna rate? Hmm. Bullets. <laughs> uh, uh, Coffees, I guess. Maybe uh, just a cup of coffee. I don't know. And how? Okay, I guess rate it by how much cream you would put in your coffee. Okay. Okay. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's a good. That's a good one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> two and a half. I would give it two and a half creams out of five. So it was. It was about a fifty percent movie. It's not bad. It's not good. Like you said, good Friday night movie. I'll do, I'll, I don't do this in real life, but I'll do three out of five. Three creams out of five. It's good cream. It's been sitting in the fridge. It's not going to expire. Mm-hmm. And it really hits that instant coffee really nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I also don't put cream in my coffee, but for the sake of the pod, I will also do two and a half also. It's mm-hmm. not, it's like, it's literally right down the middle. It's not horrible. It's not great. But if you just want to turn your brain off and just, you know, have a couple of laughs. 
this is uh, spot on. But again, not for kids, though. Lots of cursing. Tons of cursing. It's nonstop cursing. Um, yeah. You ch check it out. Uh, who is it? Ed Helms, Taraji P. Henson. Mm -hmm. Terrence Little, Terrence Garden High. Yeah, check it out. It's on Netflix streaming right now. Coffee and Cream just came out a couple of weeks ago. That's actually our first comedy. It is, actually. That's right. <laughs> really? Is it really? Yeah. That's horrible. Comedy, to me, is the hardest um, genre to pull off. If it's not funny, it's just not funny. Yeah. But have you guys not found that um, good comedies have been far and few in between? Like, you'll get, like, a hangover will come out once in a blue moon, and then it'll be a while before another good comedy comes out that everyone yeah. agrees is, like, a good comedy kind of thing. We should have I, I saw, like, a like a comedy okay, that I'm just dying of laughter. The um the hangover, so I never watched it in theaters and then I had some friends who were like years ago, long time ago, they were like, Oh, you got you gotta watch it. So they played it and I watched it. I didn't think it was funny at all. Hangover's pretty funny. But then I realized, I'm like, I regret not watching it when it was in theaters. Because, again, like, some movies are just made for the theaters. You know which movie, you know? um, shit. It came out uh, maybe a couple years ago. I saw it in theaters. It was Game Night. Okay. I've heard oh, good things about Game Night. We watched that. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> By the way, have you seen Superbad? Yes. Multiple okay. times. Like, that used to I be. <laughs> it used to be my New Year's Eve tradition. Yeah. I always watch Superbad on New Year's Eve. And then I would, after that, I would... No, because to me, it's a it's like a going out party movie feeling. So when you're at home and you're chilling before you're heading out for the night, whatever you're doing, yeah. I watch yeah, Superbad. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm in the mood like I'm going to go out. But I hope I just don't get into any shit like that. That's all. Like, <laughs> but, yeah. So I watch that religiously every year for like... Six. For as long as it's been out. Well, I stopped a few New oh, Year's okay. Eves ago because I was like, why am I doing this? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take a short break, but after that, we're going to get into our flashback feature. We're going back to 1975's The Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> and I can't wait to hear what Rick has to say. All right, let's take a short break. Show starts in one minute. And now... Before the next show starts, let's enjoy an intermission. You'll find our snack bar chock full of good things to eat and drink. Tasty, tempting hot dogs, thirst-quenching soft drinks, fresh, crunchy popcorn, a complete assortment of delicious candy, and a full line of cigarettes. You've plenty of time, so visit the snack bar now. A tasty treat will double your enjoyment of the show. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, on with the show. Welcome back. You're listening to the Honey Wagon Podcast. Remember, if you have any comments on our reviews, you can always DM us and send your comments on Twitter at Honey Wagon Pod and on Instagram at the Honey Wagon Podcast. All right, let's get into our next local business that we want to promote. Uh, this one I decided to choose because I've been there a few times. really love it. It's called Full of Beans. It's located on Dundas and Ossington. Check them out on Instagram at Full of Beans Roastery. And right now uh, they are delivering 
coffee beans to your homes. All you got to do is email them at fullofbeansroastery at gmail.com. They also have drinks and baked goods, but they're only available for takeout, not delivery. So check it out. Rich, you should check out this place because you haven't had coffee in a month. I have not had coffee in six weeks. That's... What? Pretty crazy. No, like instant coffee. Not even instant coffee. I don't have a coffee maker. I usually just got my coffee when I'm out and about. We there's the Tim Hortons or Starbucks on every corner. And uh, since we've been on lockdown, I have not had a drop of coffee. And oh, I didn't even. It? it didn't even occur to me until you decided to plug. <laughs> um, wow. It's a coffee spot. So, Interesting. Yeah, I think. Did you? like rely on it though to not, function not necessarily i haven't been a coffee drinker my whole life i only yeah. recently started to get into coffee maybe the last say 10 years of my life it hasn't always been a thing for me so i can go without it but i do miss it i love coffee it's so good mm. it's so good i miss my steep tea at tim hortons yeah I could... they steep it at the right amount of time i miss a good tim's but yeah i just need that little extra little zip yeah it gives you that boost, but, uh, you know, make and do. I mean, hey, instant coffee if you don't have a coffee machine. Some people are grossed out by that, but I'm like, who cares? I usually put a couple different, uh, like, staples in it, so when I take a sip, it pricks mm. my lip, and it's like, ooh, that hurt. <laughs> I might just have to give the old oh, instant coffee a try. Yeah, yeah do it. Got to do it. All right, guys, let's get into our flashback feature for today, the Rocky Horror Picture Show from 1975. It is uh, directed by Jim Sharman. Uh, he also did the screenplay. He also owns Sharman's Paper Town. The movie stars Tim Curry as Dr. Frank N. Furter. Also stars Susan Sarandon as Janet Wise and Barry Bostwick as Brad Majors. Also other actors as well. Richard O'Brien, do you guys know him? No. No? no? Okay, well, he, he he's one of those characters like... So this is a movie well, none of us have seen. But right? Richard O'Brien, he wrote the play, if I'm not mistaken. He, um, yes, he yes, he wrote the original himself. musical play. Yeah, yeah. it's funny because yeah, none of us have seen this movie, but um, definitely Richard O'Brien's character was super noticeable for me. Uh, besides Tim Curry. All right, before we talk more about it, Lou, give us a synopsis. Oh man, for this movie. <laughs> uh, okay, so a. Recently engaged couple are driving along a lone dark road. Their car breaks down, um, and they spot a castle in the distance. They go to the castle gates. They're invited inside, and what proceeds to... Well, they go there because they want to make a phone call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, they, yeah, they need help, whatever. Uh, and they just come face-to-face with a complete, you know, glam rock roller coaster shit show of characters. <laughs> uh, it's very, like, super campy, highly sexualized, mm-hmm. very hilarious and colorful and far out. And, yeah, we're introduced uh, to characters like uh, Dr. Frankenfurter and his creation, Rocky Horror, and a bunch of other wacky characters. And it's just... Uh, Kind of doo-wop, bluesy, um, <laughs> glam rock jam after glam rock jam. Curry, <laughs> yeah. I, I was a fan of, I was a big yeah. Tim Curry fan before I've seen this movie. Yeah. And he's just, you know, holy cow, what a tour de force. He's yeah. definitely one of those actors where anything he does, he nails it. Um, 
which is a shame because I feel like I wish I saw him in more movies. I only know right. a very tiny yeah. movies yeah. of his, right? He's really good. Yeah, I mean, this is a character like, um, he's just so far out there. Uh, and all the characters in the movies, with the exception of um, Susan Sarandon and her fiance character or whatever. But um, it this movie is everything that I expected it to be and more. Uh, super rocky. Yes. It is a musical. <laughs> and, like, that's the thing. Like, I always, you know, there's only a few movies where I could say, I know the soundtrack top to end, but I've never seen the movie. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those movies, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was really funny because I've never really known the storyline. I kind of knew, okay, there's a guy he created and that's about it. And and I don't know about you guys, but I felt like, do you think there was a storyline? Like, I, I find it so hard to critique this movie because I don't really know if there was. And then I started thinking, should I be listening to the lyrics of the songs? And then I realized I wasn't. And I'm like, am I missing? It's so stuff? much to take in at the first watch, man. Yeah. Like, how yeah. are you going to take in the lyrics and just the onslaught of Everything. visuals and just every like? There's no way you'd you'd have to watch it again. I absolutely understand why this is a cult classic. I get mm-hmm. it. A hundred percent. This whole time, the only song I ever knew from this song was the Time Warp. The, yeah. the whole mm-hmm. Time Warp song. I couldn't believe how quickly it came in the movie. Like, I, I, I thought that was like the climax of the song, of the movie with this performance of the Time Warp song. Because it's always been the most mainstream song that everybody knows from the movie. And it came within the first 20 minutes of the movie. I was like, holy moly. Yeah. Holy and song. I don't even think um, Tim Curry was in that scene. For the time, no, he work. wasn't. He no. wasn't. He was, he was right before they introduced him. I think. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And, then, and then his song, I think it was "Sweet Transvestite." Oh, so good. <laughs> yeah. My brother-in-law apparently can sing that song very, very well. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. It's uh, it's just you know this type of movie, like in terms of fashion, in terms of style, what a legacy, right? In terms mm-hmm. of musical taste you know you watch this movie like oh my god i just want to start a punk band or something like that it's it's it's, in terms of story don't expect much i still still don't know what the fuck happened it is the weirdest movie i've ever watched hands down by far i can't think of a movie that i've watched more where i was literally thinking what the fuck You know what I love even more, though, is that it's so fucked up in a really awesome, cool way. And then you think, they made this in 1975. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so think about, I wish I was there in the 70s. because I'd, I'd be tripping on acid watching this movie. Even if you were just sober watching it, it's still trippy. Like, this movie is crazy. It's, it's hella so, trippy. It's so awesome. I wish I was there when it first came out. It's just so much singing, though. So much nonstop. <laughs> yeah. It was like just one number after the other. I was like, "Oh my god, I just need a little dialogue, please." Just yeah, yeah. Cut me. I break. wanted. I agree. A bit more dialogue, but it also just felt like uh, multiple music videos back to back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I could handle like big fans of this movie because they would just be like too keener yeah. about it, and i'd be like okay just shut the fuck up yeah. but it's a uh, it's a i don't know if i could watch this movie again maybe for another like six years or something oh like, really I, I don't have the desire to watch it <laughs> oh again. this is a one sir oh, wow. <laughs> I, actually, I can watch it again but not like right now i would watch it again oh no <laughs> i, I really, really have would. it on it is a mo- it is a good movie to have on in the background or I, if it's on tv just as a soundtrack like... to like a party or something like that 
then it works. I'm surprised though, as a young kid, I never caught it on like Showcase late into the evening or like City TV as a late night movie. Mm, or something as a like. young kid, you shouldn't be watching it, Lou. I know, but I watched a bunch of movies like that where it's just like, what is happening? He's watching the 2 a.m. Watch showcase programs. Yeah, those crazy movies. The ones from the early 2000s. Yowza. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, this, um, this movie was a trip. This, this movie, um, something I hear is that a lot of people have told me it's one of those things it's best to participate in one of those uh, events that they put on, like they have like annual events yeah, every yeah. year where you go and it's like everyone oh, knows it. the dialogue and stuff. Yeah, but there's like there's rituals to it apparently and how you watch it. So I feel like it might be a fun activity. I want to, I would want to catch it a couple of more times because I want to see if there is something to the diet, well, to the lyrics of the songs. See if I'm missing something. Mm, yeah, I was, I honestly was just enjoying the music well, and there was one yeah. where so Meatloaf's character mm-hmm. who oh. had, right. Uh, yeah, and then he emerges on a motorcycle, and he's just kind of singing a song about rock and roll, and then he gets spoiler alert, spoiler, 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 he gets spoiler killed. Alert, I know. <laughs> and and uh, for me, it's just like I don't know what the fuck just happened in this movie. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but did you say that throughout the whole thing? <laughs> yeah, but but then so to Andy's point. Um, I'm thinking, okay, maybe I'll research the lyrics and it'll explain something about the story. It's like, no, it's just a song about rock and roll, which is cool. So but let it's... me ask you, that the other doctor who came up towards the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Dr. Scott. Have... Yeah, what what was that about? I so don't know. How did he know? I, I think he, he was, was a scientist that... Aliens or something? He knew they were aliens. And, and Meatloaf was his nephew? Yeah. I guess. I don't know. I really... It was so hard to understand. And then he knew Janet and her fiancé? Yeah. Yeah, they were friends from before. Yeah. Was it Brad? Brad, I think. Yeah, Brad Majors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked um, how... The doctor... Was Frankenfurt? Frankenfurter. Whatever his name is. Tim Curry. <laughs> Um, how he seduced them in bed. Yeah. That, was, <laughs> that was really, really good. Uh, it was another time where I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? It's like, what's happening? I don't understand. No for those scenes to happen at all. Yeah. yeah. They just, it just happened out of nowhere. So they're from a different planet, including... Yeah. Uh, from the planet Transsexual... Yeah. Transylvania. The galaxy, Transylvania. Transylvania. Right, right. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I would love to watch this awesome. in, in like a theatrical performance. That'd be cool. Oh, yes. That's I agree. where it began, right? Yeah. How do you, I don't think you could pull this off. How do you pull this off on a stage, though? It's I know it's based on a, uh, an original musical play, but just the way it was shot and what happens in the movie, I can't envision that happening on a stage, all on one stage. Like, there's a big scene with a pool. You right. know what I mean? Like, Things like that. You have that room where uh, Rocky Horror is created in the first place versus the dining room where they have dinner. I don't know. I would love to... I, I guess I'd have to see it for myself, but how do you pull off that pool part, that pool scene? Mm. I don't know. I, I do like that one scene where they're they're cutting the... I don't know whether it was a turkey. turkey. Or that part something. was hilarious to me. And they're just grabbing the meat and putting it in everyone's I thought The whole dinner scene there with the turkey, I was... On my face laughing. That part was hilarious. I don't know why I found that part fun. That was the funniest part of the movie for me. Every and when day. Curry would look at them and just like turn yeah, on the yeah. knife. Threaten them with a knife cutter. <laughs> like when uh, Rocky was about to drink some alcohol, he looked at him and gave him the, the thing with the knife. I, was that, I cracked up at that. 
All right. So I think we should rate this movie. Um, what should we do? Uh, I must give credit to Tim Curry, though, and how he rocked those stiletto shoes. Okay, how about stiletto shoes? Should we then? do, yeah, so, like, inches in height? Sure. I oh, Jesus, I'm not going to be able to. I'll try. No? Okay. <laughs> Let's just do stiletto shoes. Uh, I'll do, I'll do 3.9 <laughs> out of 5. Yeah. And yeah, they're comfortable shoes. They fit on my feet. They're a little wobbly at times. Uh, maybe sometimes I feel that I'm walking better with them after I've had a few drinks. Uh, and for some reason, I'm wearing 3.9 shoes on at one time, even though I only have two feet. Okay. Oh, you're talking. You're not doing inches. You're doing just the amount of the shoes. amount of shoes. Um, I would give. Would you give it three point five? Three point nine. Oh, wow. It's pretty high. I would give it 3.5 out of 5. It's an entertaining movie. Don't go in. This is, again, just one of those you might want to be drinking or doing some other stuff while you're watching this movie. It's a trip and a half. It's uh, it's pretty nuts and bizarre. Mm. It's a lot of fun. And it's a great soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, before I give my rating... Um, did you guys, by any chance, research? I tried to find this. Did Tim Curry win anything for this movie? Because he, no. he should have. I, I looked. I tried to find anything because he should have been nominated for something for this movie. I think it was a movie that was just kind of panned by everyone. Really? And, I, and, okay, perhaps. Love it over time. Yeah, this is one of those cult classics, I guess, that um, built its fan base over the years and years, I imagine, right? Like maybe it wasn't as popular. <laughs> Uh, yeah, probably yes and no. I feel like, you know what it is? I I could also see a lot of people at the time, maybe like a lot of people being against this film because of how just like how many limits they were pushing for the time. But I also think it was the 70s and a lot of people did go watch it. And so it's, it's fan base, I think, definitely grew. I've always known of this movie. Always, always. From as long as I and can it's remember. it's always referenced. It's yeah. referenced. In so many things, yeah, right? Yeah, I, it makes me question now how many... Because we've seen this trope of the film how many times where people get lost, they go to a strange place, and then crazy shit happens at the strange place. I don't know if there were a lot of movies that did that before Rocky Horror Picture Show. Is this not maybe one of the staple movies for creating that trope of, you mm. know, the lost babe in the woods type thing, mm-hmm. finding this house of horrors for the most part? But, um, yeah, you know what? I'm giving it four four pairs of uh, high heels, whatever, stilettos. I don't know what you want to say. Uh, How did I get the lowest rating, out but of, I liked it more than you guys? Yes. Yeah, and I'm going to say the heels on these shoes could actually yeah. kill you because they're pointed oh. at the end, so they're dangerous. This movie's I'm going to change dangerous. my rating oh, now. Uh, hold on a sec, because the part of the reason, too, why I'm rating it so high is because I can't believe they actually did make this in 1975. Like, yeah, they, yeah. That, you got to give them just credit for pushing the envelope yeah. the way they did back then. You could you could easily get away with making this movie today. No one would even blink. Oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah. To, to make it's the the courage alone to make this movie in 1975, yeah. four out of five, man. Four Lots out of guts. Yeah, like, Lots honestly, guts. this movie is... Yeah, it deserves yeah. its uh, cult following, hands down. And again, man. like, and again, shout out to Tim Curry. Like, I, I think I had said to you, Lou, at one point, I'm like, he he is, like, nailing the sexiness part. Like, he has, he looks like, if you cut out his face and his balls, you would think <laughs> he has the figure of a woman. He really does. And he kind of reminded me of, like, a cross between, his face reminded me of Paul Stanley from Kiss. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then yeah. 
he, the way he danced remind me reminded me of um, Tina Turner. I felt Tina Turner and Freddie Mercury. Yeah, that too. And combined all together. Yeah. Bam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, we got to research it. I don't know if everybody out there listening knows or not, but I would like to believe Tim Curry won something for this role, man. He deserved at least a few nominations here and mm-hmm. there. Like he was just, yeah. yeah. All right, I'm changing my rating to four and a half now. Okay, good. Because I thought you guys were going to go lower, so I'm like, okay, I was trying to balance it out. And uh, again, I'm going to watch this movie again probably many, many times. I'm I'm shocked it took me this long to watch it. Mm, yeah, no, once was good enough for me. <laughs> All right, okay. Let's get into our subplot discussion. Monty Python's Terry Gilliam weighs in on who is the better filmmaker, Stanley Kubrick or... Steven Spielberg. Yeah, so uh, he, Terry Gilliam, apparently, I, you know, I'm not super familiar with Monty Python, but he was uh, interviewed a few years ago, and this uh, video clip resurfaced of him talking about his disdain for Hollywood, wants nothing to do with it. He said it's a place that should be burned to the ground. But then speaking about it, he was talking about Hollywood and how it pigeonholes filmmakers into having to give you that cookie cutter fairy tale ending the closure ending which is why he appreciates stanley kubrick and then he uses steven spielberg as the juxtaposition as the typical director that always gives you the happy ending versus the right. kubrick that will you know make you think which is what he says it's like you want great filmmakers make you go home and think about it and i would definitely say kubrick definitely has that heads and tails over Spielberg in terms of thought-provoking filmmaking. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you are. I don't know, if I, I don't know if I could pick between the two. I would say maybe, yeah, Kubrick, you feel like someone has stepped on your chest or something in a way. Uh, like you feel like that heavy, heavy impact after coming out of one of his films. Uh, whereas Spielberg is just this fantastic great ending to so many classic hits you know maybe maybe spielberg is the beatles and stanley kubrick (laughs) is uh i don't know uh scott walker or something a little more or something like that or you know king crimson or something like that um so yeah i i i appreciate both of them i think those stylistically and atmosphere i get more out of stanley kubrick i think that I think it's a bit unfair to say that um, with a movie that has an ending, that you that it doesn't evoke any thought or conversation. Because there's lots of movies I've seen that that do have a conclusion. See, I I usually like the ones like Stanley Kubrick where things are up in the air or where things have a more darker conclusion. But even if something has a happier or whatever, an uplifting conclusion where everything's wrapped up with a bow, I think there's still room for conversation. Yeah. There's a lot. There's still lots of movies where I think as long as the storyline and the plot is really good, I will still go home and talk with a friend or whatever and, and talk for hours about mm-hmm. that movie and be like, well, what about when this happened or when this happened? And then really start to dissect it and figure it out. Um, if a movie concludes and it's like, okay, wrapped up and it, it's just, it's one of those, then it falls under a cookie cutter or whatever. And it's just so mindless. It's just like, okay, whatever. Kind of, like not to be mean, kind of like coffee and cream. Like I'm not over analyzing right. that movie. But again, look, I've at, seen it before. <laughs> but look at how we overanalyzed blow the man down, which didn't have the cookie cutter ending just mm-hmm. kind of like, just 
left it for you to have to decide, are these girls going to get caught? Are they going to get away with it? And you tense the... I can see why more so without the closure ending, you can generate more thought-provoking conversation among the people that have watched the movie. But um, yeah, I still think you can get away with it and still have a good ending the way Spielberg does. But now let me ask you guys, if you were had to pick between two islands... One island is Kubrick Island, the other island is Spielberg Island. You're going to have to live on that island for the rest of your life, and you only get to watch that filmmaker's films for the rest of your life. Which island are you going to? Spielberg. Yes. Yeah. yeah. As much as I, I love Kubrick, that right. sounds like a terrifying island. Yeah, exactly. Who wants to go to Kubrick Island? I feel like Indiana Jones, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to feel like uh, Jack Nicholson's character from The Shining. I, I, yeah. I understand why people would say that Kubrick might be a better filmmaker than Spielberg, but if I had a choice between watching only one of their you know, filmography for the rest of my life. I'm picking Spielberg every day of the week. Like he also has the larger filmography catalog. Even if you want to whittle it down to match them up, I'm still picking Spielberg. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is like, I'm, you know, the funny thing is that Kubrick is one of those directors where he's probably one of the directors where, um, most of his movies are, are on my list of, I have to watch, but I still haven't watched them yet. Um, meanwhile, Spielberg, I've seen so many of his movies, but like, I have to like stop and think, okay, what, what's he done? And then I have to like go through the list, but Spielberg's just, it's more of an, he's a, he's an inclusive director. I think he appeals to more audiences of all kinds of ages. And I think Kubrick is a director who has a style and has a vision, which is great. Like directors should, but it's very, very specific. Um, kind of like uh, Guillermo del Toro, you know? you got to really be a fan of his stuff to watch it. Um, but then again, The Shining is one of my favorite movies ever, ever yeah, made. The greatest movies ever, period. Yeah. yeah. I would say maybe Spielberg cut taps into that those great nostalgic feels mm, better in all yes. of us, and we experience them in all different ways. That's why Stranger Things is so fucking fantastic mm-hmm, and right. why it works so well. Whereas Kubrick makes you come to... He he makes you go face to face with the nightmare. Mm-hmm. He 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 forces you oh, to take a look at the ugly side and ask those. Think about those really tough scenarios and questions that leave you just kind of shaken. Yeah, when it's all over. Mm-hmm. Oh man! In university, I we I took a film course and we had to spend a month reviewing Kubrick films. So mm-hmm. that was like the hardest month of my life. It was. I, we watched A Clockwork Orange. We watched uh, Full Metal Jacket. Like, yeah. you know, depressed. <laughs> His films, you will, it will definitely make you think. But if I had to choose between movies that I'm going to go back and want to rewatch and watch and enjoy and watch, I'm watching Spielberg movies. Mm-hmm. I don't want to watch Full Metal Jacket just for shits and giggles. Like, or Clockwork Orange, yeah. or Eyes Wide Shut, or The Shining. You know, no, yeah. no. Like, all of this is not to take away from how amazing Cooper no, is. No, yeah. Because we should put it out there. Absolutely. Well, what island would you be deserted on? Would it be Stanley Kubrick or Steven Spielberg? So DM us on Instagram at the Honey Wagon Podcast or on Twitter at Honey Wagon Pod. Let us know what you think. All right, let's get into our uh, next subplot discussion. So AMC Theaters uh, currently is closed, you know, due due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And there is a chance that 
after the pandemic is over that it might not survive. They might have to claim for bankruptcy, which is really sad. I mean, no no business should have to go through that. But this is a pretty big uh, theater chain. I must say, I think it's bigger in the U.S. than it is in Canada. Yeah, it's one of those theaters I've always seen in, in Toronto, for example, a location here and there, but it's definitely not as big as Cineplex here. It's like the Cineplex of the U.S. Yeah, the other way around, yeah. right? Um, so, we, like, Rich, you kind of got us thinking about this idea of, like, this is a, this is a pretty big theater, still pretty big. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty big theater. And now... What's it going to mean for independent theaters? Right. So what do you guys think? Well, because remember, we had that conversation a couple of episodes back about uh, Cineplex strong-arming some of the uh, independent chains just mm-hmm. based on um, holding on to the films or not letting them screen them until well after the release date mm-hmm. at the point where people probably wouldn't even be interested in seeing the movie anyway. So these theaters have already had an uphill battle even when it was just the normal atmosphere. So now after COVID, they're already shut down. Obviously, Cineplex is shut down, AMC is shut down. They may not come back based on what these uh, financial analysts are saying. So I'm like, yeah, if they don't come back, what does that really mean for the independent houses? Because we were even thinking about once everything's all said and done, we want to, for our first night out, when we're free again and the world opens up, that we would go check out um, one of the independent houses to see a movie. And I'm like, will they even be there when this is all said and done? Yeah, I think they're going to be fine. I honestly do. I, I, yeah, depends I, on the place, you know, yeah. because I think they, their bread and butter are those independent movies that no one's really going in droves to watch anyways. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, you know, I'm just using the two places uh, down the street from us uh, as an example, the region and the Mount Pleasant. Like, we've been a, a bunch of times to watch movies there. It, it, it's, the rows don't even get full. Like, never mind the, the entire yeah. place. That's kind of why I think they're going to be fine. A lot of the independent uh, smaller theaters tend to be older. Mm-hmm. These are like old theaters from the maybe the, the 50s, maybe even earlier than that. Um, and by this point, a lot of those people who who run the theater probably own the building. So when they own the building, they, they don't have to fear the lease uh or increase in their lease or whatever. So I think they're going to be fine. It's true. When you go to those theaters, they probably hold like 200 seats, but at most you'll ever see 20 people or 20 seats taken. We'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. I mean, definitely lots of local businesses are getting impacted, but that's honestly just my theory is that if it's an old theater, chances are they own the building. If it's a newish theater, that those are the ones that are probably more to worry about, I think. Yeah. Anyways, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Fingers crossed that everything's uh, cool. And then when everything gets back to normal, definitely support your local theaters um, and all the people there. Um, All right. Okay, so I do think we need to talk about what movie we're going to uh, do for our flashback feature next week. So what has been selected? What is our feature film? All right, give me. Oh, our feature film. Future presentation will be Tiger Tail, new movie directed by Alan Yang, I believe. Uh-huh. He, uh, he used to write for Parks and Recreation, and I think he co-created Master of None. Yeah, and it just got released on Netflix on April 10th, so it's available on Netflix now, and we will talk about it next week. All right, okay, so we're ready to pick our... Can we get a recap of what we have? Okay, so the movies that we will be... Um flashbacking are a beautiful mind 
from 2002, Russell Crowe. Uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey, Stanley Kubrick. Hey, there you go. I want to watch that one. That would be cool. Uh, And uh, you will definitely talk about that movie after you've seen it, if you've never seen it. It's Mm -hmm. impossible not to talk about. Uh, Only Lovers Left Alive, The Color Purple, and a super classic, which I can't believe you guys have not seen, Casablanca. (laughs) One of the greatest movies of all time from 1942, Humphrey Bogart. This is where we got to put that drop. I can't believe you guys haven't seen this. Y'all should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> so, A Beautiful Mind, 2001 A Space Odyssey, Only Lovers Left Alive, The Color Purple, Casablanca. All right. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, shit. This is an old one in here. I picked in Bruges. We already watched that. Uh, <laughs> I'll watch it again. I will, I will definitely watch In Bruges again. What's In Bruges doing in there? Great movie. Great movie. So good. Right. The Color Purple. Oh. oh. So a Color right. Purple it is. Color a Color Purple, purple nice. with uh, Oprah's in it. Yeah. It would be Goldberg. Did she win? She directed won? by Steven Spielberg. Ooh. Okay. Oh, oh. shit. Spielberg and Kubrick were up against each yeah, other. I didn't even up. realize that. <laughs> a color purple. Yes. We're gonna. It's gonna be your flashback feature for tomorrow. Not tomorrow. I mean episode sixteen. Yes. And our future presentation will be Tiger Tail. Love it. Not to be confused with Tiger King. No. I still haven't seen it. Have no, you guys have seen I. it? No. Nope. Tiger King. No. I no. no. I, I have no interest. Have, I have no interest. I have no interest. Not, in neither do I. No. Everybody is telling me to watch it. I'm like, no. Yeah, no. Maybe in okay. six months when no yeah. one else is talking yeah. about it. Maybe I'll watch it post-corona. Corona? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Before we wrap up today's show, Rich, you got one more restaurant or local business that you want to plug. Absolutely. And I'm sticking in the neighborhood Granite Lounge. We've all been there. We yeah. Your mm. from there. So they are offering a takeout food daily between 1130 and 7 p.m. Go to their website granitebrewery.ca they are also selling beer to go as well so you can uh, either order through foodora or you can order obviously from their website again granitebrewery.ca you can also give them a call 416-322-0723 and of course everyone knows granite brewery is a pretty big staple here in the young eglinton neighborhood and they need the support like everyone else at these mm-hmm. trying times so yeah and i believe they have a second location the original locations in halifax Oh, shit. There you go. So definitely check it out. Support your local breweries, too, because a lot of wineries and breweries are shipping alcohol. Um, I've known people in Toronto getting stuff shipped from Niagara-on-the-Lake, which is really cool. And, uh, yeah, you just got to support the, the businesses at this time. You know, everyone's getting hit real hard, including the local movie theaters. So um, do what you can, do your part, and definitely stay safe. Yep. Stay away from people. Wash, wash your, your hands, hands. Wash your bum. Mm-hmm. Just do your part, people. Yes, please. Yes. Keep listening to the podcast. Remember to like, rate, and subscribe. The Honey Wagon Podcast. You can also DM us on Twitter and Instagram. Check us out everywhere at The Honey Wagon Podcast or Honey Wagon Pod on Twitter. All right, guys. It's been a great show. Yes. Until yeah. next time. All right. All right. Take it easy. Bye.